All right, good to be back. So hopefully we will continue doing the 12-minute halacha. It might not be every day, but we're back, so that's good. The topic we'll focus on for the next few weeks will be the halachas of muksa. As to be honest, I'm giving a smichas chaver shir every week. If you live in Minneapolis, you can reach out to me and join. Otherwise, look on their website, see if there's one in your community, or start one. Anyways, it's a great program. And right now we're learning Hilchus Muxa, so I already have most of the content, so I figured it's a good, good way to teach other people and a good shirim to give. Anyways, to start, we're going to start with the Halachas of Muxa. So, often you'll hear children telling their friends, you're a Muxa guy, which is not a nice word, but they're calling them that you're doing Muxa. You can't cook on Shabbos, cooking is Muxa. Really, what does the word Muxa mean? So if you look in the Gemara, the way the Gemara uses the term muksa, it uses it as set aside. Iskatsoi midate, that it's set aside from one's das. That is the definition of muksa, meaning it's not in your realm of reality. You're not going to be using this on Shabbos. There is a debate in the Gemara for those that learn Mesechtas Beitzah, Mesechtas Shabbos. There's a Machlekes Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda. D- d- discussing what exactly falls under the, the, the category, falls under the umbrella of muksa. Rabbi Yehuda has a very stringent opinion that most things are typically they are, are set aside from your mind and you will not use it on Shabbos unless you proactively put it into your realm before Shabbos comes in. However, there's the opinion of Rabbi Shimon, and we pass in like Rabbi Shimon for most halachas in, uh, in regarding muksa, that most things are not muksa unless there's a reason why this is not typically used on Shabbos. Now, the question is, why is this a problem? I'm not cooking anything. I'm not uh, you know, building something, plowing my field. So why would a rock be muksa, or whatever that means? Why can't I not use a rock on Shabbos? So we'll see soon why there is this isr, this prohibition, we're going to uh, show why there's this dindirabanan of muksa on Shabbos. Let's try to find the source for muksa. So in the Gemara in Shabbos, quotes, and if you look at Rashi over there, that in the times of Nehemiah, one of the, the books of Tanakh, he, he comes back, he's, they're, they're going to rebuild the second base Hamikdash, and he sees that people are lax in their avoid this Hashem, specifically they would be carrying on Shabbos, and therefore they made a gzera that kalim cannot be moved on Shabbos. You cannot move things on Shabbos, which we would call the umbrella of muksa. There's an Isra muksa, since people were not keeping Shabbos properly, they decided that we should have this new halacha called muksa. Beautiful. However, if you go back almost 100 daf earlier in Masechta Shabbos, and really going back 400 plus years, the Gemara tells us a story. The Gemara says, in the famous Gemara, when David HaMelech died, he was told by Hashem he's going to die on Shabbos, so we know he spent the, every Shabbos learning, and then the uh, Malach Mavis tricked him, made some noise outside, and then David HaMelech went out to see what happened. He lost his balance, he stopped learning, and he died. Okay, the Gemara says that Shlomo HaMelech sent the following Shiloh to the base Medrash. He said, Abba Mace, Daddy, David HaMelech died, Umuto Bacham, and he's, he's in the sun. And he asked another question, Klovin, the dog, shall base Abba Seemingly, David HaMelech would feed the dogs himself. David HaMelech died. Am I allowed to feed dogs in Shabbos? Very interesting question, and fascinating that he puts into the same question of, my father died, and the dogs are hungry. Either way, the question was, what do I do with my father? And they told him, 
a special heter, even though your father is muksa, he's dead, dead body, put a piece of bread on him and carry the body with the bread. We'll get to this later on, how this works in halacha. But at this point, you see that there was definitely a consideration of muksa. Obviously, he, he was asking, can I move my father who is dead? Is, isn't there a problem of muksa? So the question is, how could we say that Nehemia was the one that enacted this din of muksa? There was definitely some din of muksa way back, years ago. So this is asked by many of the Achorinim. The Shulchan Acharaf says that if you look in the Gemara by Nehemia, it talks about Caleb, that it could be before the times of Nehemia, going back to Davin HaMelech, Shlem HaMelech, there was always the din of muksa for things that had no use, like a rock, and a dead body, what are you going to do and use it for? So things that had no use, they were muksa. Nehemiah added kalim, that even kalim are muksa. The Aruch HaShulchan says a similar thing. He says, the Torah says, Tishbois and Shabbos, Shabbos son, you have to rest. And it makes sense there would be gzerus to cause one to rest on Shabbos. And he says, all the way back from Moshe Rabbeinu, there was always a din of muksa. Now, specific details, similar to what the Shulchan Aruch says regarding kalim, that was added much later. But there was always... Uh, Isser of Muksa on Shabbos. Okay, let's continue. So now that we know there's a Isser of Muksa, the question is why? What's wrong with things? What's wrong with a rock? I'm not building anything. I'm not cooking. What is wrong with a rock? So the Rambam, he brings us, he brings down three reasons for Muksa. This is the Rambam in Shabbos, Parach of Dalid, Halacha Yedbez, and Halacha Gimel. The Rambam says, Three potential reasons for muksa. Number one, it says we know if you say if you look in Kiddush, we say that we say uh, the psukim, and we know that a person should not walk on Shabbos the same way he walks during the week. There's a question if you could even run on Shabbos. The Gemara Bracha says if you're running for a dvar mitzvah, you're running to shul, maybe not to the Kiddush, but you're running to shul. So then that's fine, but you're not allowed to run. You're not allowed to walk on Shabbos the same way you walk during the week. Meaning your hilucha on Shabbos should be different than your hilucha you're walking during the week. Additionally, your dibor, the way you speak on Shabbos, you can't make business deals on Shabbos because there has to be a difference between your speech on Shabbos and your speech during the week. As the Pasuk says, vidaber davar. So the Ramam writes, it makes sense that when I pick up things on Shabbos, when I do things on Shabbos, there has to be a different way of picking things up, of handling things than I do during the week. So therefore, muksa fits into this, that you shouldn't be handling muksa the same way you handle it during the week. That is reason number one. Reason number two, which is probably the most common answer if you ask someone in the street, why is muksa asr? They will say, a pen is muksa because I might end up writing with it. And that, in fact, that's the Rambam says, this is reason number two, that the concern is you might do malachas. So if I allowed you to move a hammer, you'd hit something with it. If I allowed you to move a pen, you might end up writing on shop. So that's the second one, I might do malacha. The third one, very interesting uh, reason, is that based on the Pasuk of, of Shabbos, and a person has to rest. He says that everyone on Shabbos needs to have a shvisa hanikaris. By you, it has to be that I rested on Shabbos. In fact, just to go on a digression for a little bit, I know Rav Shechter has a psaq, Rav Shechter Shlita from Ayu. Someone once asked him, can I attend a football game? Meaning this fellow was in a university and the games, the, the tournament, the games come in on Shabbos and Saturday. He wanted to know if he could go support his classmates in cheering for the, the, the team, his team. Can he go on Shabbos? 
and he'll figure out a way to buy the beer beforehand. He figures out a way with the tickets. I don't know how exactly it works, but whatever it is, he's not going to do a malacha. Can he attend the game? Rav Shechter responded, no, you're not keeping Shabbosin. Shabbosin is to, to rest on Shabbos. That is not called resting on Shabbos. Fine. Now that we know that background of Shabbosin, which is in fact a discussion in the Ramban, the Chassam Seifer, but let's assume a person has to rest on Shabbos. So the Ramam says like this, if a person was able to do all malacha on Shabbos, to, do, to touch all these mux items, it turns out that let's say you happen not to be a carpenter, you're not a tailor. So the average tailor, carpenter, mechanic, we could tell what Shabbos versus the weekday. Because during the week, he's busy fixing cars. On Shabbos, he doesn't fix cars. However, he says there are many people that are Yoshiv Batel. They don't do anything. They don't work. Or they work uh, remotely. I don't know. They don't work. So because they don't work. So when I look at their Shabbos, they don't have a Shvisa Hani Karas. They do the same thing they do during the week. They go daven. They drink coffee. They have danishes. And on Shabbos, it's the same thing. So the only way they're going to have a Shvisa Hani Karas that's going to be discernible and recognizable that it's Shabbos by them is if they don't touch muksa. Because during the week, they'll touch muksa. They play with their iPhone. They'll futz around. They'll touch things. On Shabbos, they cannot you know, play with the grass. They cannot do any of these things. And therefore, it's a Shvisa Hani Karas. Beautiful. Those are the three reasons. Comes along the Raivet. The Raivet says, hold on a second. We know that the source of muksa is from Nehemiah. Nehemiah said there was a concern that people were carrying on Shabbos. So isn't the only concern for muksa that you might carry on Shabbos? Why is the Rambam adding these three reasons? So in light of the fact that we mentioned the stira, the contradiction, that there's an earlier source, the Gemara on Shabbos tells us about David Malach, we see that Nehemiah is not the only source for muksa. And therefore, if you look at the Maga Mishnah, he says, we know there's two sources for muksa, And one could argue that that Nehemiah's concern was that a person might carry. But let's say you live in a place where there's no Rosh Sarabim, so maybe there is no concern for, my, for, for carrying. Or you could look back, why was there a concern even from the times of Moshe Rabbeinu? So it makes sense. Moshe Rabbeinu could have said there should be a Gzair de Rabbanon, that a people might do malacha, or that a person should have a Shri Sahani Karish, because the Torah tells me Shabbasa, and it has to be a day of rest. Tishbois, Yama Shri, Tishbois, you have to rest. And therefore, it makes sense why the Ramam is giving us other reasons besides for the reason of the Ravid, which is that Nehemiah was concerned people were carrying on Shabbos, and therefore we now have three or four reasons why we have an Isra Muksa. So, Mr. Shem, in the next year we'll talk about the different categories of Muksa, how we differentiate between a rock being muksa and a hammer being muksa, is there one big umbrella called muksa? Or no, do we look at each individual case and see how the halacha plays itself out.